This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. Here's a puzzle for you. Soon after Russia invaded Ukraine, the U.S. and its allies launched unprecedented sanctions on Russia. They booted big banks out of SWIFT, the international payment clearing network, and big international companies pulled out of Russia. Well, the fallout was SWIFT. The Russian ruble tanked. But... And here's the puzzle. Today, one day shy of four months into the war, the ruble has rebounded. It is now, in fact, the world's best performing currency. So what gives? Well, with us to discuss is Ilya Matviev. He's a political scientist who studies Russian economic policy. He recently left Russia, and out of fear for his safety, he asked us not to disclose his current location. Ilya Matviev, welcome. Hello. Hi. Let's start big picture. I mean, beyond just the value of the ruble, which is actually doing quite well, how is the Russian economy doing four months into the war? Right. So one thing is that the Russian economy has not collapsed. This is certain. But I wouldn't say that it is doing okay. In fact, the effect of sanctions is devastating. And uh, long-term economic prospects are very poor. And the strong ruble is a bad indicator of uh, Russian economic performance generally, because it only reflects the fact that imports have fallen so sharply that importers simply do not need so much foreign currency because they're unable to import goods from the European Union and from the United States and from Western countries. So the strong ruble only reflects the fact that there is no use for foreign currency in Russia right now. And this is, of course, a very bad thing for the economy. As best as you can tell from outside Russia, are ordinary Russians feeling the impact of sanctions yet? Has their life dramatically changed? Yes, their life has changed and there is rampant inflation. So yearly inflation is looking to be around 20-25%. There are shortages of some essential goods. Other goods are now very, very expensive. Also, there is cascading unemployment from the closure of factories belonging to Western companies and uh, other Western businesses. And uh, all these effects are going to get worse progressively in the coming months. There are effects of sanctions and people feel them. So a basic question, but does this mean, in your view, that sanctions are working? And I guess we should lay out what the sanctions from the West were designed to do. So it depends on the criteria. If the goal is uh, quick and complete collapse of the Russian economy, then no, sanctions are not working because the Russian economy is still functioning. But if the goal is to weaken Russia economically over time, then uh, sanctions are 100% working. So the big question is, how do sanctions impact the ability of Russia to wage this war in Ukraine. And I think that there is a connection because the blockade of imports is so wide that some components that can be used in military production are now also not coming to Russia from Western countries, from Japan, from South Korea. So in terms of military production, I think the sanctions have impacted Russian military industrial complex. You're talking about what? The things as basic as parts that Russian planes need to fly, that type thing? 
Microchips, some high precision equipment, some complex components that are needed to produce advanced military technology. So I think that this logistical blockade helps to limit the ability of the military-industrial complex to produce more and more arms. Simpler arms are still being produced, but more complex, more advanced weaponry, I'm not so sure. You know, another thing that people in the West might have hoped sanctions would do is change Vladimir Putin's behavior, change his calculation for whether this war in Ukraine is worth it. So far, we see no sign that that is the case. Right. So this is very unlikely. And I don't think that it was a realistic goal. Putin is very determined to wage this war, and he is prepared for a prolonged conflict. And sanctions as such cannot change his calculation. For him, it's uh, something like an existential struggle. And sanctions yet are not an existential threat to Russia. I want to ask about big international companies and their exodus from Russia. Americans have watched as Starbucks has closed, as McDonald's has closed. And yet, last week, a Russian company relaunched McDonald's restaurants under new management, slightly different name. I'm told the menu is very close to the original. Might that be a model for how Russia survives the departure of big international companies? So, obviously, uh, I didn't have a chance to taste uh, the new McDonald's in Russia. (laughs) (laughs) No, me neither. Not yet. Yeah, but people say it's uh, more or less the same. So, the thing is, it depends on the company. McDonald's can be uh, reopened under the new name, but automobile makers, not so much. Renault... The French car company, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Renault played a huge role in Russian automobile production. They're exiting Russia right now. And in fact, I'm not sure that Russia will be able to replace uh, Renault and to continue the production of Renault brands. So Russian automobile production is one of the worst hit industries. And uh, as of now, basically 95% of automobile factories are not working in Russia. And these are tens of thousands of jobs that are basically lost. So to start uh, the production of foreign car brands without foreign producers, this will be a challenge. And I don't think that ultimately it's possible. The Russian automobile industry is uh, in very deep trouble. You sound quite pessimistic. Yes, I'm very pessimistic, yeah. Because uh, these reports uh, sometimes appearing in Western newspapers that I saw cafes in Moscow and they're full of people, therefore sanctions do not work. So I think that these reports are really not indicative of what's really going on in the Russian economy because sanctions are devastating and uh, decades of cooperation with Western companies are lost and uh, a company like Siemens arrived in Russia, so a German company, arrived in Russia before the Russian Revolution in the 19th century. So it's more than 150 years of cooperation, and now Siemens is uh, exiting Russia. And Siemens is a supplier of uh, the best, most comfortable modern railways and railway cars and uh, commuter trains. So what is Russia going to do without Siemens? I have no idea. Maybe Chinese companies will come, but when? How many years will we have to wait? So the gap between Russia and the world here will be widening with every year. We've been speaking with Russian political scientist Ilya Matviev. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash NPR and use code NPR. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.